0: As Simon said, it's been it's been quite a tough week. I don't know how you have found it. I don't know where you're at, but you know, as you look around, people that I speak to, people that I interact with on online and on the phone and on Zoom, and I think generally it just seems like it's been quite tough starts of the year, hasn't it? Um, I think, however, lovely. Christmas might have been. I think it was probably a little strange for some of us. And then we've come into 2021. Maybe kind of thinking, "Oh, good, good, thank goodness that 2020 is over." Um, but 2021, if anything, maybe has got a little bit tougher already. Um, and whether that's to do with the this new, you know, quite stringent lockdown that we're in, and maybe. We don't quite have the same amount of grace or patience or stamina for that, um, whether that's to do with um, things that are going on in the world. Um, I know that I found um, the events in America this week quite um, troubling, and I spoke a little bit about that on Facebook. Um, just to see, A to see um, America going through that um, was quite Difficult. I have a lot of friends who are Americans. A lot of friends who are church leaders in America. A lot of friends who are um, who live in America. That's their that's their home. That's their country. That's their nation. Um, and America came under attack this week. But I think one of the things I found most difficult about that um, was that that the church seemed to be um, not just. Um, Silent in that, but actually quite vocal in that, the church seemed to be complicit in that in many ways in the in the spreading of um, rumors in the um, supporting of a president who is lying for self interest in um, and to see marches to see protesters to see rioters, to see terrorists walking into um, the capital storming into the capital, carrying banners, um, talking about how Jesus saves, or God is with them, and if God is for us, who could be against us, or whatever else it might be. And I, I found that really difficult this week. I found that really difficult because um, those are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and yet I couldn't disagree more with their actions. I couldn't disagree more with their engagement in that. Um, And so I spoke out, probably quite firmly, on that. And um, just to say that, you know, as many of you will know, I am quite, um, I'm quite focused on us being an inclusive church, on being broad, on recognising that there are differences. I have, um, like I say, a lot of friends all around the world who hold different views, who um, come from different positions, who are Republican or a Democrat, who are Conservative or a Labour or whatever that might be, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I have no problem with that at all. But when we suggest that Jesus looks other than he is, when we suggest that Jesus is the um, instigator um, or the reason for or the God that we carry into battle when we go and try and tear down our nation's um, constitution and democracy, I have a problem with that because Jesus is not like that. Jesus, as we believe firmly, is the, he is the revelation of what God is like. And the Israelites, the Palestinians, the, the people who lived in Israel um, when Jesus came were looking for the same thing. They wanted a Messiah who was going to go into battle with them. They wanted a Messiah who was going to overthrow the powers and the enemies and the people who they felt were oppressing them. They wanted a Messiah that was going to give them victory in a situation where they were clearly the underdog. They wanted a Messiah to come in and overthrow their enemies, to do that with force and with might and with strength and to make them great again. And Jesus consistently and persistently said... That is not who God is. This is not how this kingdom is. This kingdom is about peace. This kingdom is about, it's not about force and about might. It's about surrender and it's about sacrifice and it's about love. And so it really saddened me, really troubled me, really bothered me this week to see Jesus' name being walked in um, to the Senate, to the Capitol um, this week. And for the church to be complicit in that, I found really troubling it's been a difficult week. When we look at the numbers that are going on, going up in the NHS, the number of COVID cases, the pressure that our NHS is under, and those of us in our community here who are working on the front line, our prayers are for you, our, yeah, our thoughts are with you, our thanks are with you. Um, it's difficult. And having spoken to some people who are on the front line, it's difficult. And this isn't just something that's happening in London or elsewhere in the country. This is something that's happening here. And we had our own painful reminder of that this week um, with the death of Chris Rose um, as he lost his battle with COVID this week. A really sad, tragic, difficult, painful week. These are hard times so what does hope look like what does hope look like in these times how do we as the church as brothers and sisters in christ how do we as as individuals who walk with god people who are not able to gather in here together on a sunday morning which is you know such a source of hope. You know, one of the things that we love to celebrate is the diversity of people in the room, the beauty of the diversity, the beauty of all the people gathering together is something we miss profoundly. And today we gather remotely, virtually in our front rooms. What does hope look like? How do we bring hope into these situations? And I've been reflecting on hope quite a bit this week. Psalm 62 says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Our hope comes from God. Our hope comes from the fact that we are followers of Christ. We are followers of God who is with us, who demonstrates profoundly. And this is something we remember at Christmas time. This is something we remember at Easter um, in a few months time. This God who is with us profoundly. With us, This is where our hope comes from, this God who is good, profoundly good, who says that all things will be brought together under him, that in the end all things will be well. And if it's not all things are not well, then it's not the end. This is where our hope comes from. It says in Romans 8, verse 28, that God works all things for good, for those who love him. And that maybe is a verse for us to contemplate on at this time. We believe in a God who works all things for good. Who, whatever the circumstances, we don't believe God is the, the instigator of these things. But we, we do believe that God is a God who works all things for good. But as we look at that verse, That can be a source of real hope for us, real strength. You know, as people who love God, God works all things for good um, for those who love Him. But there's another aspect to that verse that I love as well. If you look in the footnotes of your Bible, it will say, probably at the bottom, a little letter or number or whatever, and it'll just say at the bottom, Alternative Translation God works together with those who love Him to bring good in all situations. Now that that gives me even more hope because that suggests that we're not just people who can rely on God to work things out in the end and we're kind of just passengers in this life and God's got to work it all out that suggests that we are invited to work with this God who is inherently good this God who is beautifully perfect this God who Gives us hope that all things will be well and assures us and promises us and repeats to us again and again that He is a God of hope, He is a source of hope, He is a source of love, and all things will come together under Him. But it also says that we can partner with Him to bring good in all situations. It's a, it's a reading of the scripture. That invites us to participate. That hope isn't just something that we can find. And it's important. In these times when life is hard. In these times when it's difficult. I don't know how your week has been. I don't know how your 2021 has been thus far. I don't know how your last year has been. But I've not met anybody yet. Who says that it hasn't been hard. At least at points. But what we see here. Is this God saying, but I am the God who works all things for good. And I invite you to work with me to work all things for good. And this week, on those days when it was difficult, when it was hard, when hope felt a little fragile. One of the things that gave me great hope was to, to visit down here in, this, um, in the gateway and to see people receiving their vaccinations this week, to see volunteers standing out in the cold, icy cold, because they wanted to be part of it, and they could direct traffic, and they could help people park, and they could help people to their cars and back. And the hope that was being displayed here. And our hope isn't, solely in a vaccine, although a vaccine does give us great hope, but our hope is in God, who brings all things for good, who invites us to participate, who invites us to say look, create space for these things to happen and this week and these coming weeks, we are able to create space for these things to happen we are able to participate in these things I found hope when I um, was chatting to Matt, who runs the Law's Larder and you see the people Making the food parcels and getting food out to people who desperately need it at these times it won't surprise you to know that December was comfortably the busiest month on record. That's sad, and that's distressing, and that's troubling, that's worrying, that's concerning. But there's also beauty in it that these people had a place to go to get food, that we were able to participate in providing that hope at a time of real difficulty. And we continue to be able to participate in that. The Food Bank um, is doing some incredible work throughout this pandemic. And there's opportunities for us to join in with that. You see, hard times... And challenges and difficulties and the pressure that we are under. These these really difficult, troubling times. We're not the first people to encounter this. And it seems to me that God can use these things. They don't just... Um, there's an invitation to participate, to bring relief, to make space for the vaccines, to do the food bank, to do the family's work, to do the stuff that we do. But there's also um, opportunities for us to do... Stuff where we are in our neighbourhoods, in our communities, in our families, and in our in all the contexts that we might operate. However limited those are, however virtual those are. Now, you see in Acts, we see the story of the early church, figuring out how to be church, figuring out how to spread this gospel. And Jesus had said to the disciples, "Right." Towards the end of his ministry he said, now go because you will be my disciples and I want you to take this message um, across Jerusalem to Judea and to the ends of the earth this the idea of what jesus did was that it would it would travel across the world and that's why we're able to be in the uk today talking about jesus as our savior talking about jesus as our god talking about the gospels as our source of hope and our source of truth and our source of love and our source of light and our source of life But what's really interesting is even though Jesus has said that I want you to take this to Jerusalem and then to Judea and then to the ends of the world, the disciples actually never got out of Jerusalem. And we get to chapter 8 and this church, this gospel has been spinning around and they've had some challenges. And then persecution comes. Then Saul starts going around, rounding them up and killing them. And the the political leaders and religious leaders go around, rounding them up and killing them and persecuting them and oppressing them. And it says in Acts chapter 8, it says, so the church was scattered beyond Jerusalem into Judea and into the rest of the world, into Samaria. And the church was scattered. But the church was scattered as a consequence of hardship. As a consequence of difficulty, as a a consequence of oppression, as a consequence of being hunted down, the church was scattered. Not because they'd come up with this great plan, because then they kind of went on this three-point plan and said, well, Jesus said it should be Jerusalem and then Judea and then the end of the earth. And so we'll do Jerusalem and we'll get that done by April. And then by September we'll get out to Judea and by next year we'll be out to the rest ends of the earth. Like, no, they they didn't have a plan. They just stayed in Jerusalem. They knew what Jesus had said, but they never got beyond Jerusalem. Until hardship came and suddenly this scattered church is dispersed. It's out there, it's out amongst Samaria and other parts of the world. And it strikes me as um, maybe there's a similar aspect to where we're at today. Not that we're being oppressed, the church is not being oppressed in any way, shape or form. But we are in a situation where we're dispersed into our own homes and our own neighborhoods we are in a situation where we're not just focusing our expressions of faith on the gathered but we get to focus our expressions of faith in our situations where we are amongst our neighbors in our streets across Zoom whoever we're meeting with wherever we might be And it strikes me that there's an opportunity for us to be people who bring hope. You see, we look for hope to the Lord. We have our hope in him. But we also get to be people who carry hope for our community, for our society. We get to be people who carry hope into the world. We carry hope for those who don't know how to carry it for themselves or don't have the strength or the courage or whatever it might be, who are too downtrodden, who are too under too much pressure to be able to carry it for themselves. And we get to carry it for them. In Hebrews, this letter to the dispersed church, the writer says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hope unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? Well, because he who promised is faithful. God who promised them that I am the God who works all things for good. I am the God who is with you. I am the God who is going to draw all things together under himself. He's going to make all things good and right. He's going to restore heaven and earth. He's going to rest- The God of restoration, the God of hope, is faithful. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess in him. Now... Some of us might not be feeling like it's very easy to carry our own hope, let alone carry hope for others. Some of us might be feeling that that hope feels more fragile than it's felt for a long time. And let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. That's okay. You're not alone. We all find ourselves in places like that at some time. Maybe more of us find ourselves in that place now than normal. But it's okay. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The reason why I say it's okay is because the way of Jesus isn't lived in isolation. And even in a time of isolation, we get to carry this together. We get to walk this together together in our small groups, in our families. There might be one other friend in the church, one other person in the church who you're able to go on a walk with, pray together, talk together, invite God together to be with you, to bless you, to encourage you, to restore the hope in you. If that's all we can manage, then let's do that. But for some of us, a way of building hope is to participate. If you have enough hope that maybe we can carry hope for our neighbor as well as us, maybe we can carry hope for that family member as well as ourselves, maybe we can carry hope for our community as well as ourselves, maybe we can participate. Whether it's volunteering at the Lord's Larder, if that's something you feel like you're able to give some time to, I know that Matt would love to hear from you. Or volunteering here when we're doing our COVID vaccinations. And if that's something you'd love to be part of, this opportunity that we have to welcome, I don't know how many tens of thousands of our community um, into this space. If you want to be part of that, then I'm sure Keith would love to hear from you. Maybe and our parent-toddler's work, which is so crucial at this time, our parent babies' work, our parent-toddler's work. There's so much demand from parents of young children who just need community, who need connection, who need people to walk the journey with, who need a place to go and be with their child where they can connect. And um, then I'm sure if you'd love to be part of that, where there is huge demand at the moment. And then I'm sure Coralie would love to hear from you. Or it might be you want to be a mentor for one of the families that we're supporting. And it's really encouraging to hear that, you know, we came into last year and we were supporting 60 families at a time. We're now over 100 families um, at a time. We've just got three more recruits starting in the next couple of weeks. And so then we're going to be up to 150 at a time. And hopefully by April, May, June, we're going to be up to 200 at a time. And we need mentors for these families. And if that's something you'd love to do, then I'm sure that Deanne um, would love to hear from you or Rachel or anyone on the Yelp Family team. There's ways that we can participate. There's ways that we can join in. Because hope is something that is in us. Something that is within us because we are the children of God. Something that is rooted in us and grounded in us. And express through us because we are carriers of the Spirit of God. And so this hope that comes from God is within us and is through us. Isaiah chapter 40. Sorry, I've. My Bible's falling apart a little bit. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Even young men stumble and fall. But those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In this week, where we've had real hardship, in this week where we've had a real challenge, in this week where we have lost our brother, Chris Rose. We are a people who look to God for our hope. We are a people who grieve the loss of Chris at the same time as having a confidence, an assurance, and a joy that he is with the Lord. And we are people who have hope within us. We are people who know this God who is the everlasting God. Know this God who is a creator to the ends of the earth. And we are people that when we're weary, when we're tired, when we're worn down, when we feel like we've had enough, we are people whose hope and whose strength comes from the Lord. And we are people who carry hope for our community. We are people who carry hope for our neighbors. This dispersed church, right where we are, right in our circumstance. We are people who carry hope, not just for ourselves, but for others. We are people who are able to join in and participate. We are able, people who are able to serve and love in our communities. We are people who walk this together, who carry each other Who spur one another on, who encourage each other in love and hope and good deeds. Because Jesus is our hope. Amen. Lord, we want to. We don't want to pretend that everything's fine and we don't have any hardship or frustrations or challenges or difficulties or pain or fear or whatever else it is. We don't want to pretend maybe that we're not at the end of our rope and we're not exhausted and we're not at the edge but Lord we do declare that you are good and we do declare that you are faithful and we do look to you for our hope we do look to you for our comfort we do look to you because you are the God who pulls us forward You are the God who invites us to participate. You are the God who restores and renews. Who enables us to run and not grow weary. To walk and not grow faint. To soar on wings like eagles. Because you are good. And you are God. Amen.